Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Come on, somebody, make some noise for Jesus right quick. So good. Thank you, Pastor Ryan. You may be seated. You may be seated. I just want to take a quick moment and uh, just say how fun it is to be with you. Uh, from time to time, my pastor, Pastor Q, and his wife, Miss Trish, they'll say, hey, we want you to go hang out uh, with some friend of some friends of ours, encouraging them. And so I'm just bringing all of their love. They love you, Pastor Ryan and Adrian, your entire family. Uh, they pray for you every single day day care about you deeply, which if they're praying for your pastors, that means that they're also praying for you and care about you as well. Uh, I also want to take a quick moment and just say how much I love and appreciate Pastor Ryan and Adrian. Uh, in a world where sometimes you get in relationship with people and you're not quite sure who you got in relationship with, how many would agree? It's good to know there's, there's some authentic people. There's some real people that care about people more than they care about a product. Can I get a good all oh, yeah right there? Absolutely. And so Pastor Ryan, you and Adrian, thank you for being authentic. Thank you for being genuine. Thank you for caring about people the way that you. He talks about you all of the time. And so I want you to know if this is your first time in Local City, come on Local City one more time. Let them know. So if this is your first time, I'm going to put a little bit of pressure on you right now. You're going to want to grab your phone, put a calendar invite in your phone, and come back next Sunday because you're going to want to make sure that you're here to hear uh, just what God has put on Pastor Ryan's heart, but also how to be connected. This is a safe place. This is a place where people care. This is a place where people want the opportunity to show you how much they care. And all the home team in the room said, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I want to continue in the series that we've that we've started in. Thank you so much. I want to continue in the series that we started in, uh, the Pray First series that we're in. And today's message is called Prayer Matters. Prayer Matters. Because prayer does matter, but we're also going to talk about the matters of prayer. Before I hop into this message, I'd love to just show you a quick picture of my family as we're getting to know one another. This is my beautiful wife, Danielle. And our two incredible kids, Savannah and Kyrie. My wife and I have been married for 11 years now, y'all. Come on. Come on. That means we, we, we just getting warmed up. Come on, somebody. She is a strong black woman. I love my wife like I love my coffee. Strong and black. Amen. Uh, our daughter is in first grade, and uh, she has all the makings to be a great orator and actress. And our son is two, and his favorite team is the Buccaneers. Uh, can we all just lift up a hand and pray right now? Jesus, we. Oh, God, my God, I need you to play quarterback next year. Come on. So these, these, this is my family. Uh, uh, we have a ball being a family. Uh, we have a ball raising kids. It is the most exhausting thing we have ever done, yet it is the most exhilarating thing that we've ever done, too. And all the parents said amen. amen. So my kids are back there with Shepherd, Pastor Ryan's son, back in local kids, local city kids right now. Uh, talk about prayer. Nothing will make you pray more than being a parent. <laughs> 
And uh, I'm excited to be able to unpack a little bit. Uh, something you should know about me, I grew up in church. Anybody else grow up in church? Come on, just wave a hand. Absolutely. That doesn't mean we've always been saved. Can I get a good amen right there? Come on, some of the, some of the most challenging children you have ever met all grew up in church. Amen. I grew up in church. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a second-generation pastor myself, and uh, I'd love to go on record at the very beginning of today and say that prayer has been the hardest spiritual discipline to connect to. It can still be, for me personally, the hardest spiritual discipline to make sure and keep as a priority. Not because I don't like prayer, but simply put, it's hard to have a conversation with someone you cannot See, that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. But I did want to come alongside you today and just provide you with a few thoughts and a few tools to help you to develop a prayer life and a discipline of prayer that can carry you from one season to another. Today's conversation is called Prayer Matters. Uh, one of the things that Pastor Ryan's been hitting on even just as as recent as last week, is that prayer should not be, or excuse me, prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Come on, something goes terrible. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. I don't know about you. I don't just need people in my life that pray when something terrible happens. Is this microphone on this morning? I, uh, I'm from the holla back church, so you, that means if something hits you, you gotta, you gotta holla back. Come on. I, I, I believe that prayer should be the first response. We start our day, we set our day with prayer. We'll dive into this here. There's three particular thoughts about prayer that I'd love you to know from the very beginning. Number one, prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. Just so we're clear, I don't pray for you. I pray for me first and then because I, how I start my day sets my day. So if I'm praying, God, align me with who you created me to be. It's very personal. It's not for show, just so we're clear. One of the, one of the uh, qualifications to be a pastor is not that you can pray incredible prayers using 9,512 words. Uh, honestly, it's, it's just personal. It's between God and you. Number two, prayer is practical. Prayer doesn't have to be extremely deep. Prayer doesn't have to be extremely long. There isn't a right way and a wrong way. Actually, there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. You ready? The right way to do prayer is to do it. The wrong way to do prayer is not to. Welcome to my TED Talk. Here we go. Uh, the, the third step in the process is prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Because you're not just merely having a conversation with a human being, an individual. You are talking to what we as believers and followers of Jesus. And I realize that there are many, many people in this room or even watching online live or later that you look and go, I'm, I'm not sure where I am in this relationship with God just yet. No problem. You're in the right place at the right time. For those of us who call ourselves believers and followers of Jesus, it's indicative on us to remember here that we're just not talking to a person. We're talking to the supreme creator of the universe. The one who doesn't get nervous when we do. The one who's not afraid when we are. The one who's not caught off guard when things go crazy and get reported on Fox or CNN. This is microphone at the right volume today. Okay. He's, he, he's in control, and when we discuss the matters of our lives with him, that conversation is powerful. 
There are three particular things I love to look at today that help us to develop, if you will, building blocks to making prayer matter most in our lives. The first building block I'd love to give you today is that prayer has a posture. Prayer has a posture, a position, if you will. Scripture says this. This is actually Jesus talking here in Matthew chapter 5. And it reads like this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Don't look at anybody around you. Just stay focused right here on the word. Here we go. Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by others. Do you know anybody like that? Don't turn around. Just keep reading. Here we go. Uh, Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 7, Jesus says, And then when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. What Jesus is pointing here, pointing to here, is the posture of prayer, the position of prayer. Simply put, at the very beginning, do not be like the hypocrites. What he's doing is he's pointing to a specific group of people that back in that day and time, they would stand out in a public square on a corner and they would lift up their voice and they would pray elongated prayers that sounded phenomenal to the ear, but were empty in their hearts. How do you know this? Because nothing, can I just, I'm from South St. Pete, so can I just say it like I know it? <laughs> nothing makes someone more uncomfortable and, here we go, not believing who you are than when what you say don't match what you do. Don't, don't tell me you love Jesus, but you cussing folks out in the line at Publix. I know we got guests. I'm going to be on my best behavior here. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, don't, don't say you believe and follow Jesus, but your life does not line up accordingly. It doesn't make us the fact that believers and followers are not perfect, but we're striving towards the mark that God has set. And Jesus is clear that there are a group of people, hypocrites is what he calls them. That's a strong word. You want to get somebody's attention? Call them a hypocrite. That's a strong word. Jesus is not mincing words. He's using very intentional language here to describe what prayer does not look like and should not sound like. He even goes as far and says, the posture, here we go, don't be like the pagans who babble on over and over again. Now, pagans, that's not just a word that people use to describe their ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. Uh, pagans was, that was a joke. I'll, I won't use that one again. Don't worry about it. Uh, pagans, the, these, these were individuals that they didn't believe in one true God. They believed in the existence of many gods. So there was a God for the sun and a God for the moon. There was a God for grain and a God for rain. I'm a poet and I know it and I ain't ashamed to show it. There were so many gods that they had in place and they have these long extended prayers that they would use with this incredible language and it would go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And is it annoying yet? <laughs> That's their prayers. <laughs> Jesus is very clear. He goes, hey, look, when you pray, I'm from St. Pete, it don't take all of that. 
When you pray, what matters most is what comes out of the abundance of your heart. Sometimes the greatest prayers in history is three words. Lord, help me. Sometimes you add a fourth word, now. <laughs> I don't know about you, I grew up in hip-hop generation. Sometimes I need the Lord's help because they're going to make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all pray for me, that's why I'm in therapy. Here we go. What God is concerned about, the posture of prayer, is not the beauty of the words that we use. And sometimes, here we go, I grew up in church. Some of us, we've grown up in different religious backgrounds. So there are different words, phrases, prayers that have been repeated. And I've got to be honest with you, I think that there is beauty in some of those traditions that we have been handed down. But if we're more tied to making sure the comma and the period shows up in the right place, then we are tied to the fact that we are talking to the God who created the comma and created the period and the human brain to even concoct these things. And we're missing it. The heart of the matter in prayer is your heart in the matter of prayer. So when you prayed, like, just pray what's in your heart. One of my favorite prayers of all time. I did, I did not pray this prayer. I want to put this caveat at the very beginning. I did not pray this prayer. But it is to this day one of my favorite prayers of all time. There was a gentleman named Tom. Tom had gone through a difficult stretch in life, and he showed up to my parents' church uh, one Sunday morning. Tom gave his life to the Lord, and four weeks later, we invited him into the prayer circle at my dad's church. Now, I grew up in a black church. If you're not sure what a black church is, that means that when you pray, it's not, dear Jesus, we thank you. There's a different kind of volume that goes along with the African-American diaspora. And all of my minority brothers and sisters said amen. And so we was hollering unto the Lord with a new song. Come on. And I don't know if you've ever been in a prayer circle like that before, but everybody has to pray in the prayer circle. And so you had Sister Cora on one side and you had Brother Frazier on the other side. And my dad, the pastor, he would close the prayer circle. And right before we got to my dad was where the new Brother Tom was. And Brother Tom, we handed him the proverbial prayer baton. And he said, Lord, help this whole blanking world. And he dropped the F-bomb in the middle of prayer. To which my brothers and I, we, we, don't, we weren't saved yet. We were like, best prayer ever. <laughs> what it reminded me, though, was although that was the greatest expression he had in the moment, God understood the nature of his heart and heard his prayer all the same. Now, I am not, as a pastor, expressing the gospel of Jesus Christ, suggesting that you walk into your prayer closet and knowingly drop language as such. However, I am sharing with you that God is not going to blush or turn away at the way that you express the matters of your heart. Because let's be honest. 
There's some things that go on in our heart that we should express and not act like it don't exist. There are relationships that when they were severed, it hurt. And we need to admit it and ask God to help us through it. Did I come to the right church this morning? There we go. Prayer, prayer has a posture. Prayer has a posture. Uh, my second thought for today is this. You can go ahead and throw it up on the screen. Prayer needs a place. Prayer needs a place. Uh, pastor Ryan and I's pastor, he often says this, how you start your day sets your day. This is why we put pray first at the very beginning of our day. Because if you leave it up to me, I may be a pastor, but I am a human being first. And if I don't start my day connected to my creator, I will allow the matters of the day to be the thing that shape, molds, guides, and develops me instead of God, my creator. And how many know that just ain't good at all? <laughs> prayer needs a place. When I say prayer needs a place, prayer needs, here we go, an actual physical place. Let me put some Bible on it so you don't think this is my personal opinion. Here we go. Scripture says this, uh, but when you pray, Jesus says, go into your room, close the door, and all the parents said amen right there. Lock it, put a chair up against the doorknob so nobody can get in. I don't know what place you are in the struggle. That's where I'm at right now. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Drawing your attention to the language here, though, it says, go into your room, close the door. What, what it shows us here is that prayer needs a place of absolute focus. Doesn't matter if it's for five minutes or 15 minutes. What matters is that your focus is undivided. Now, I'd love to go on record here and just say that if you are at the place in your relationship with God where your prayers happen on 275 or I-4 on your way to work or on your way home, I understand. But I'd love to nudge you just to take one next step. That before you get in the car on the road on 275 or I-4, before you show up to your place of work, before you drive through the drive through at Starbucks, I, I just want to encourage you, maybe hit snooze one less time, which if you're like me, that means taking it down from four to three. Come on, somebody. And just give yourself five uninterrupted minutes with the door closed. The significance of the door closed means that you're putting yourself in a space where there's no other traffic to distract you. Why? Because prayer is personal. It matters and it has a place. Some of us may need to adopt a principle that I've heard said like this, what gets calendared is what gets done. So maybe the first thing that needs to show up on our calendars isn't the nine o'clock Zoom meeting with Brent. Maybe what should show up on the calendar is five uninterrupted minutes with God. Here we go. And then keep the appointment. 
couple other spots where prayer shows up in Scripture and has a place. Go ahead, let's. Uh, Jesus went up into a mountain to pray. Uh, in Acts, the Bible says this about Peter. Peter went up on the flat roof to pray, and it was about noon. Listen here to the language. They changed perspectives. They changed places. Sometimes they put themselves in solitude and in silence. Because God doesn't want to group date you in 2023. Y'all quiet. I'm going to talk to them. Here we go. God would like a personal relationship with you. Talking to somebody recently and they were like, uh, I said, what's your goal for this year? I want a deeper relationship with God. And every Christian said, amen. So, well, what are you doing? To get that deeper relationship. They're like, I'm here for prayer. I was like, that's fantastic. No, what are you doing? I have to do something. Yes. You've got to take a next right step. Sometimes, lean in with me just for a moment. Sometimes the struggle we have to hear the voice of God comes from the fact that we didn't take time to lower the volume of other voices before we started talking to God. Keep the right voices at the right volume. And one of the ways to help us do that is to honor the place of prayer. I don't know what it looked like for you. In some seasons, it may change. There was a season of my life where the living room of our house was a great place to pray. But when your kids are six and two and they don't understand boundaries yet, I got to change places. Are you with me? Find a place, set an appointment, stick with it. The last uh, step that I just want to give you, last tool I'd love to give you today about prayer is this. Prayer, first of all, prayer has a posture. Prayer has a place. Here we go. And prayer brings us into God's perspective. Prayer brings us into God's perspective. Scripture says it like this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus points to here is that there is a way that we will see things as humans. And then there's a way that it's already been established in heaven. Now, let's just talk about the human side for a moment. For us to see things as humans doesn't make us less than or bad, it makes us what? Human. The old Michael Jackson song comes to mind right now. Why, why, tell them that it's human nature, why? Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. All right, I see you, uh-huh, I see you. We here, come on. Makes you human. Here we go. For you to get angry makes you human. For you to feel sad makes you human. For you to smack somebody when you're angry makes you a felon. (laughs) Still a human. (laughs) For you to be anxious makes you human. For you to experience depression makes you human. For you to go through the ins and outs, the ups and downs of life makes you human. But the beauty of being a believer and follower of Jesus is that in every human experience, there's still a heavenly perspective. 
And I love to go on record to say today that if heaven didn't have a perspective about what I face in my present, I would quit following Jesus tomorrow. Why? Because I need to know that there's hope beyond what I experience right now. This is all I got. I'm out. But since it's not all we've got, since there is a perspective, prayer helps us develop, find the portal to God's perspective about our present or our past and our future. Prayer will help you with who you are trying to get married to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it even differently. Ready? Prayer will help you with the perspective of who you trying to stay married to. <laughs> Prayer will also help you when there are thoughts about what's happening in your marriage that doesn't align with the word of God. I got one for you. Talk to my married folks for a moment. Next time, you ready to walk out? Or, sweetheart, next time you ready to throw something at him? Because I know we in church right now, and don't nobody want to admit that you get close. Come on, if you're Puerto Rican, you might have thrown a shoe at somebody before. <laughs> Hello, or seen it happen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> next time we get to that point, what if instead of pointing at someone's ineptness or weakness, we just join hands and said, let's stop arguing and just ask God to help us. Yeah. I don't know if I like her. I know. Nobody said you had to like her. Pray with her, though. Pray with him, though. Because prayer will help you to enter into God's perspective. We'll land the plane here. Worship team, y'all come back and... and uh, Let's get ready to respond in worship to the word that we've heard. Before we, before we do, we'll land the plane here. It's not in your notes, but you can write it down and go back to it this week. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a very interesting story that gets told. It's about a prophet of God whose name is Elisha. Elisha, uh, in the Old Testament, follow me just for a moment, God would speak to individuals and these individuals would speak to the nation. We have a different relationship with God now because of what Jesus did on the cross. He opened up the portal, the door for us to have unfiltered access to God in relationship. But before that happened, God would speak to an individual and that individual would convey the message of God to the entire nation. Am I making sense? In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a prophet of God who God had earmarked to communicate messages to and through. His name is Elisha. Elisha was so in tune with God that God would communicate to Elisha the thoughts and conversations that kings would have in the confines of their own home. He'd tell that word for word to Elisha, and Elisha would know the strategy of an enemy army before they ever showed up to the battlefield. How many would say that's a problem for the enemy? So, of course, he'd be hated. There was a king named Aram, and Aram wanted to destroy Elisha because he was sick and tired of Elisha knowing his plans before the rest of everyone else did. Aram finds out where Elisha is camped. 
and he surrounds Elisha's campground with an army on every side. Elisha is not nervous. Pause. He different from me. Because there's moments where the enemy shows up to my life, maybe yours too. And I'd love to tell you that my first response is to go, well, I believe God. I, I got to be honest with you. Sometimes I believe him, but I'm still afraid. Come on. But Elisha is so in tune with God through the relationship he has that he does not move in fear. He actually sends one of his servants out to go and survey the land. And when the servant walks out, he sees the enemy army surrounding him and he does what most of us do. Woo! It's a bad day. Elisha looks at him and then Elisha bows his head and said, God, open his eyes that he might see. And when Elisha prays this prayer, the servant's eyes are now open to see one layer beyond the army that's coming to destroy them. When his eyes are open, he actually sees the army of heaven surrounding the enemy army that's coming to destroy them. Which lets me know why Elisha was no longer afraid. Because through prayer, Elisha had a perspective that said, your army may be great, but there are more for us than there are against us. Uh-huh. That sounds good for Elisha, Kyle. How does this apply to me? When you pray and lean in, God will give you a perspective about bosses who are seemingly here to sabotage you. When you pray, God will give you a perspective that your spouse is not the enemy. The enemy whose name is Satan is trying to destroy your marriage by tricking you to believe that your spouse is the problem. There are moments as parents where you'd like to lay hands on your children. And I don't mean in prayer. You're going to need a heavenly perspective about your child. Y'all tell me, y'all come get me if I'm going over time. But I, I, I just, I, I, let me say it like this. One day our daughter came home and she was covered in green paint from face to foot. And her teacher was like, as soon as she did it, every other kid did it too. To which I said, that is a leader. Why? I'm just asking God for a heavenly perspective about earthly matters. Start filling in the blank. Here we go. Anxiety makes you human, but you don't have to live in anxiety. You might have anxiety, but anxiety ain't got to have you. Where's his confidence come from? The same God that opened Elisha's eyes. The same God that opened his servant's eyes. The same God that guided Daniel through a lion's den. The same God that helped Moses lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and into freedom. The same God who gave Deborah wisdom. 
The same God who gave Queen Esther confidence and courage. The same God who helped Mary to carry the Lamb of God in her belly and out the purpose that he had for her. The same God then is the same God now. And prayer matters because it gets us connected to the same God. This will change how you walk into your office. This will change how you treat employees. This will change how you live in your community. This will change how you function in a circle. This will also help you to get connected in a circle. I don't know. I don't do groups like that. Mm -hmm. I understand. Why not? Because people are weird. Here we go. So are you. But something happens when collectively we lean into the same God. Something supernatural happens when the saints rally and we do it through prayer. And as we've walked in this se- into this season of prayer and fasting, I believe that God desires to speak to you something about your life, but it's going to require you to believe in the same God. Do you agree with that this morning, local city? All over this room, can you stand to your feet? All over this room, can you take a moment right here? Let's respond in worship to the word that we've heard. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.